Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Hey, well, good morning, church. Justin here. I'm so glad to be able to spend this time with you again around the Word of God. To all our families watching online, I want to welcome you this morning. It's going to be amazing. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you this morning for our amazing people, our families. God, I pray right now for your Holy Spirit to come and rest on this Word. Let it impact hearts and touch lives this morning in Jesus' name. Well, we are going to jump straight into the Word. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to come with me to Deuteronomy. We're going to go to chapter 30. and We're starting in verse 11, and we're going to go all the way to verse 20. I know it's a lot, a big portion of Scripture, but I want you to stay with me because I believe God is going to bless you. He's going to speak to you this morning through this Word. Amen. So here we go. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 11, and it says this, For this commandment, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, and that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and length of days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. And so to set the context for what I want to speak about this morning, here is Moses. The children of Israel have finally come to the end of their journey in the wilderness. And Moses is giving his final exhortation to the people before Joshua prepares to lead them into the promised land. And the land we know is Canaan. It's a land that represents the covenant promises of God, a promise that really the children of Israel have been waiting a long time for. And so for them, this promise really represented a new beginning. It represented freedom and prosperity and a godly inheritance. And so right here on the precipice of laying hold of it, Moses begins to talk to them about something that I really think is crucial for you and I to understand and grasp if we are to journey out life well with Christ. And that is this idea of choice. And so the title of my message this morning is Choose Life. Choose Life. You know, the reality of our human design is that we're all created with this amazing ability to choose. And we exercise that ability in many different ways, from what we decide to wear, to the person that we'll eventually marry, and to even a certain degree, perhaps, the careers that we choose. And often that ability to choose in certain seasons can seem like a blessing or a curse. I know in my life there's been many seasons where I simply wished God had just taken over and done the choosing for me. It would have saved me a whole lot of heartache and pain. But regardless of what we face, 
maybe the challenges in our life, that responsibility to choose ultimately rests with you and I. And so Moses this morning in this portion of scripture we're reading, he makes this statement. He says this, he says, for this commandment, which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. You see, Moses understands this. Israel is finally about to step onto the ground that God had promised them. And in doing so, he knew that they were going to face uncertainties. They were going to face the unexpected. They were going to have to learn how to fight many battles. They were going to have to learn how to trust God in many different ways, how to trust Joshua as a new leader, have to rely on one another. And so understanding this, God really wants to set them up for success as they enter into this land. He knows what it's going to take for them to settle in that land. But he also knows that they're not going to get to where he wants them to go on their own. And the first thing God really wants his people to understand about his word, which we know at the time was the law, and about obedience to him and faithfulness to him, following him, is that really it's not some nebulous, mysterious, out there pie in the sky idea that only theological heavyweights can grasp. No, he says this, he says, what I have commanded you is not too far off for you to grasp. In other words, success in this life, setting yourself up to flourish in this life doesn't really require massive amounts of supernatural ability or skill. It doesn't require you to become one of those Christian conference junkies or require you to enroll in some monastery to seek spiritual enlightenment. No, what what the heart of what Moses is talking to with his children here, the children of Israel, is really he's talking to his people about this idea of choice about choosing God. He says, I've given you my word. It's near you. It's in you that you may know it. It's in your mouth that you may speak it. What you choose to do with that will ultimately determine the outcomes in your life. And my friend, I want to say it's no more mysterious in that. I think so often we become frustrated uh, in our struggles, tired of maybe going around those same mountains. We can get disheartened at looking at those same giants. But it's often in those seasons, God is calling us to make a choice. He knows that what we'll face, often we're tempted to justify and explain and make right those experiences. But at the heart, again, of what Moses is talking to God's people about, is he saying that before you, as you go forward, before you, I will always lay the option of life and death. Life and death. Life and death. You stepping onto the road leading to life will ultimately be determined by what you choose to do. So in light of that revelation and that commandment, it's important that we really understand, well, what is the truth about God's word? Well, Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word of God, the Bible, is not merely words written on a page. 
but it's a living word and it's powerful. It carries the authority of God's truth to bind every devil in your life, to break every chain off your life. It lights our path and it often holds us steady when things get shaky. In fact, 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you know God wants you to be complete? He wants you to live whole. He wants you to be ready and equipped for the purposes and the good works that he's called you to in this life. And so Moses tells us again, scripture we're reading this morning in verse 20, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him. I want you to remember that word, cling to him. For he is your life and your length of days. Everything that you have, everything that you are, everything you aspire to be, your hopes, your dreams, your goals, it is all tied up in who God is. God is your life. God is your strength. God is your length of days. And I love this picture of clinging on to God. I don't know about you, but I know there's been seasons in my life where holding on to God just simply hasn't been enough. I've needed to cling on to Him with everything that I've had. And it's that picture of that sailor in the midst of that storm, just clinging on to the mast with everything he has, getting wet, getting hit by waves, in the face of fear and, and uncertainty, just holding on with everything he has. And it got me thinking, you know, holding doesn't really require a lot. I can say to most of you this morning, hey, would you take this folder, hold on to it for me? I'm fairly confident most of you could do that. But clinging speaks to me of something next level. It speaks to me about needing strength, about needing perseverance, about white knuckled determination. And so where do we get that strength? Where do we get that perseverance? Where do we get that determination in our life? Well, I want to tell you, it comes through the Word of God. So really, what is the big deal about choice then? Why, why should we talk about it this morning? Well, I want to remind you that whether we like it or not, we're actually in a war. The moment you ask Jesus into your life, what you did was you set the plans and purposes of the enemy against you. And we know that his only motive and his only assignment and his only intention is to steal, kill and destroy you. And in fact, Paul in Ephesians 6, 12 says it like this. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. You don't have to initiate it. You don't have to ask it or cause, cause it, but the moment you decide, you know what, my life is going to stand for Jesus, my life is going to reflect Christ, you will set spiritual principalities and spiritual hosts of wickedness against you. And here's the thing, most of the time, it's not the Lord of the Rings style confrontational evil. Right? It's not breaking down doors with this dramatic offensive attack. Most of the time, you'll find it's quite subtle. It's uh, very persistent, it's subversive, it's sly. You see, the devil, he's so sneaky, and often it can just be complacency over time, apathy, bad attitudes, temptations, all designed to come into your life at the right time to disable and disrail you. It can be the negative thoughts 
that come over you on what you believe, uh, what you're hoping for, what you're praying for. Maybe it's just life's disappointments mounting on top of you. Maybe you're carrying offense. Maybe it's trust that's been broken. Maybe it's just you're living under too much unhealthy stress. And the war can even disguise itself in our lives under our own pleasures and desires. In James 1 and verse 14, it says, But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires. And he's enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And when I take a moment just to take that in and consider the reality of what we're in, I kind of ask myself, God, what hope do I have? How could I possibly live in your purpose and in your will and not let go of that mask and not find myself falling off that ship? But this morning, I want to tell you that God already knows your story. He's written your life from beginning to end. And his thoughts that he thinks towards you are thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has equipped you to fight the good fight of faith. Not only fight it, but he's equipped you to overcome it. You see, Jesus tells us that whilst the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, he has come with a higher authority and a higher power and a higher purpose. And that is to give us life and give us life in abundance. And it's for this very reason, church, I want to encourage you this morning. God cannot be, the Word of God cannot be an add-on in your life. But really, it has to be foundational. It must be central to all that you are and all that you do. And so how do we overcome? How do we flourish? How do we win that good fight of faith? Well, the Word of God really is given to us for two very distinct purposes. And Moses alludes to this in his exhortation to the children of Israel. It says, firstly, the Word is given to you in your heart. And so that speaks to about this process of transformation. Secondly, the Word is given to you in your mouth, which speaks to us about declaration, transformation, and declaration. In Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I spoke a few weeks back around our roundtable discussions about this idea of transformation and conformation. That the world carries on it, the spirit of confirmation, of conformity, it wants you to conform. There's almost this push for you and I to conform to and align to and be brought into agreement with, looking the same as really the world's ideals, the world's opinions, their culture, and its tolerances. And these influences are undergirded by spiritual principalities and powers that don't want to give you life but they want to take it from you. So if we are going to be light and we are going to be salt and we're going to let our life reflect Jesus, then we have to continually transform. We have to continually renew our minds, continually push back on conformity. We've got to keep our thoughts on truth and we've got to agree with what the Word of God is telling us. Because if we don't make a conscious decision to choose transformation, then we will find ourselves succumbing to conformity. We'll find ourselves being taken away from where God wants us to be, swept up in that current of conformity that's running through the world. world. But as we 
read and study and meditate on the Word of God, what begins to happen is we become transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us. And our faith comes to us and it's strengthened. And we find ourselves developing that perseverance to cling on to God in those seasons where we need to. Transformation, you know, is a process of leaving one thing and becoming something completely different. And it's moving from maybe where you are now, or you don't want to be, or you're stuck. And it's moving into that place. God has called you. The Word of God is in you that it may transform you. Secondly, Paul reminds us of this in Ephesians 6. He says, we've got to take up the whole armor of God. And do you know the sword is the only part of the Christian armor? That is designed for the offensive. It's designed to actually take the fight back to the enemy. The word of God has been put in your mouth. Why? That you would speak it. That you would learn to wield it like a warrior wields a sword in battle. And I think often we underestimate the significance of this fighting the good fight of faith and overcoming it requires us to speak that word of God, to speak truth, to speak power, to speak authority into those places that are uh, dark and the places we feel oppression, but to speak life. You know, not speaking the word of God is almost like sending a, a warrior in a battle, not knowing how to use his sword. And I think the chances of his survival in those situations is fairly slim. But in the war that we face for lost people, for souls, we as the body of Christ, we as a church, we as a family need to understand and know how to wield the sword of the word of God. I want to encourage you this morning. Speak to those dry bones. Speak the word of God into your marriage, into your place of work, over your children. Speak the work of God into those places that seem dark right now. But not only that, speak the word of God into your blessings. Praise God for his goodness. Like David, lift up a heart of thankfulness and worship. Transformation and declaration. If you will engage with the living and powerful word of God, if you will make the decision today, you know what? I'm going to determine in all that I do, I'm choosing life. I'm choosing God's way. You're going to set yourself up for success. Only four chapters on from Moses exhorting God's people. We see Joshua, Joshua chapter one. He's facing the Jordan River. He's about to lead Israel into the promised land. And God calls to Joshua and says to him, Joshua, you know, every place that the sole of your foot's going to tread upon, I'm giving that to you. No man's going to be able to stand against you as I was with your servant Moses. So I will be with you. And in the span of nine verses in chapter one, Four times God exhorts Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be dismayed. And I want to read you this. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7 says, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn to it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Having a heart for the word of God is taking courage and strength in your life to choose his way. When the world says to you, this way is easier. 
It's seeking Him when life tells you, you know, you're just too busy to do that. It's pressing into Him where maybe you're being mocked or ridiculed or there's seasons where God just simply seems silent. It's choosing life when honestly death would probably be a lot easier. But I want you to really hear me this morning, church. The Word of God, it is an anchor for your soul. It is a light that will guide you through into the promises of God. It is a weapon that you can wield against spiritual principalities on powers. And at the name of Jesus, at the word of God, every knee will bow, including the dark knee, including the evil knee. Every knee will bow. The word of God is a source of hope and it will keep you. And I just, as we come to a close, I just feel on my heart to tell somebody watching this morning, you know what? You know the promise of God. You've stood up and you've seen the promised land ahead of you. And you can sense there's something God's calling you to do. There's a destiny and a purpose that He wants you to step into, but you're struggling with a bit of fear. You're struggling with uncertainty. You don't feel adequate for that call. But I want to encourage you, the time is now. The time is now to come back to the Word of God. The time is now. You feel your faith is lacking, but I want to encourage you, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God wants to strengthen your faith. He wants you to strengthen yourself in Him. It's time to step out. It's time to start doing what God's asked you to do. I know there's a lot of uncertainty, but let God worry about that. Come back to His Word. Read what God thinks about you. Read what God is telling you about your future. Read who you are in Christ. I'm telling you, you will find your faith rising. God will give you the strength and the courage you need to step out from where you are into what God's called you to. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Maybe right now, some of you are watching, you've come to join us, C3 Noosa Online, and you've never ever made that decision to invite Christ into your life. And you go, just what you've said this morning, it resonates with me, and I feel a prompting in my heart. Well, I just want you to join me in a prayer that you would invite Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior. You know, the Bible says in Romans that if you would just profess and proclaim with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and, and believe that He died for your sins, that you are saved. There's all That's all there is to it. So would you pray this prayer with me right now? Dear Jesus, I thank you that you came and died for me. I thank you that you have forgiven my sins, that you rose again. I invite you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Would you come now, wash me clean, make me whole, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, well, if you prayed that for the first time, I'm so proud of you. The best decision you will ever make. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.